This next podcast episode is incredibly immense. Uh, episode eight with Bianca Caruana. We initially scheduled a Zoom checkup call so we could chat about filming the podcast um, in person, which we definitely still will do. But whilst we were on this Zoom call, we realized that the conversation itself really, really needed to be recorded. So we managed to capture a little bit of our chat for you guys today. Um, I hope, I know that you'll enjoy it. Um, Bianca is an incredible being who has spent the last seven years traveling, um, says herself that she's been living out of a backpack, which is something that I very greatly admire about her. Um, and she's also someone that uh, always inspires me to just go for it and just not think twice about the things that I truly want to do and be, but just to embody them and just to be them and then deal with whatever happens in between afterwards. So she's an incredibly special being. Uh, it was an incredibly expansive conversation. I know that our in-person chat will be even more so. Um, so yeah, yeah. Tune in, have a listen. Uh, coming to you straight from Zoom, Ness and Bianca Caruana. Thank you for listening to the Guide Ness podcast. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for tuning in and caring about the different things and stories that we all have. And um, if you'd like to share your story, get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to have a one-on-one chat for you. I make tea. Um, yeah, let me know. Let me know. I said spaces. Let me know. Let me know. Whoa. Oh, um, I've been. I have my. You have my consent now. <laughs> Zoom has my consent. <laughs> I mean, it's good Zoom that they ask. I mean, you know, we're we're getting there. We're getting to a place where consent is somewhat important. Thankfully. Thankfully, um, after all this time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I like, <laughs> really cutting it close here, guys. Um. So yes. So I'm currently chatting to Bianca. Um, could you please pronounce your full name for us so I, I don't mispronounce it? Sure. Um, so my name is Bianca Caruana. Caruana is a Maltese surname. It's very popular here. It's kind of like Smith. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Incredible. I mean, if if we're in America, you could say Bianca. Bianca. Bianca Caruana. (laughs) Yeah. And um, Bianca is Bianca. Bianca is one of our ex-mentors, but current community member. She's amazing. She's currently traveling heaps. We're just uh, connecting for an initial call about having a podcast episode, but the conversation was so tight that I was like, no, we should record this. It feels right um so we're we're here we're connecting she's in Malta right now um on one of the islands which is incredible um and she's just told me that out of the last seven years she's lived most of it out of a backpack which I have so much respect for because yeah it's such a big jump to take to just move into a space of uncertainty and then testing your your internal grit to see what you're made of and I think yeah uh, if you do have space check out her website which you can find i believe it's the altruistic traveler.com is it dot au we'll drop no, it just dot com dot com um it's got a bunch of amazing resources and blog posts that bianca's made about her travels um and all the cool initiatives that she's been involved with as well so an all-around incredible human um yeah so how are you finding malta How's going back to Malta been for you? 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you say going back because I, so my father was born in Malta. He was born in this uh, village. So in Malta, sort of Southern European style, you have villages, which are, I guess, small towns. And he was born in the village of Zebuc, um, which means olives in English. Mm. And he emigrated to Australia when he was about 18. And so I've lived this sort of like second generation lifestyle of being half Australian, half Maltese. And, you know, these are very polar opposite cultures where the Maltese are sort of very, you know, la familia, family orientated, you know, like I'll go to my auntie's house. She lives next door to my dad. There's always food on the table, but that beautiful kind of family vibe. But then also in like adversely a little bit more vexatious in a sense that they kind of tend to worry a bit more about me and my unconventional book a one-way ticket to Malaysia when I'm 28 it was a bit daunting for them (laughs) be careful be careful be careful be careful be careful don't trust anybody do not trust anybody (laughs) you're like I heard it the first 50 times (laughs) <laughs> I mean like the, the the phrase don't trust anybody is sort of like one of those ones where it's sort of it I mean does it inhibit us from stepping forward in love mm. I think that's that's where it's I guess we come into the topic of intuition and how you know our intuition really knows the way no matter how many times people want to guide us which is beautiful um I think intuition has been something that has been you know driving me in my travels but um but yeah so I hadn't really spent a lot of time in Europe because Asia was just a stone's throw away from Sydney and my blogs focused on sustainable tourism so I was doing a lot of work on community development in and um, the intersection of travel and sustainability in those regions but um when Sydney went to lockdown and I sort of was re- really evaluating where I wanted to spend the next years of my life I just no longer really felt aligned with my life in Sydney and I wanted to get out and post well when the I can't say post pandemic but uh, I made the decision to leverage my Maltese passport and come over this side of the world and you know I've just fallen so in love with Europe but it was sort of unintentional to come back to Malta around the beginning of the year. But I wanted to slow down because I felt like there was some um, disalignment. I was going through a breakup. I'd made huge life changes. And sometimes what I'd, I'd found historically when I'd made these life changes is that it was very easy to unconsciously practice escapism and I didn't realize it at the time but me going here there and everywhere is it was a curiosity but also a little bit of okay I don't really feel like I'm ready to sit and deal with what's going on right now so I decided to get myself a studio apartment in Malta and I just sat in in healing for three months and didn't realize that this island that held my ancestors roots and held me was a place that was going to offer me so much nurturing and so you know I just allowed myself to be here and and just be hugged by the energy of this country and my ancestors and the ocean and it was a really beautiful process for me and something that I'll always feel grateful for 
to the island for? Mm -hmm. I feel that. I felt that deep in my my bones and in my heart. It's just so expansive that I think this period of time has just allowed so many people to really stop and reassess whether or not their current situations actually align with themselves in the first place as well. So, and I absolutely, I love that you were able to use the space to be able to connect with your ancestors too. That's such a a powerful thread that I think can really ground us into the the moment of being ourselves because it really is like our lives are so infinitesimally small but so significantly big if we decide to make it so so I think it's so powerful that you're just on this journey to find and also create constantly create um this universe of who you are and I think that's really really special it's so cool honestly I have so much mad respect um we were talking earlier about how I feel like I'm very much moving in that direction and there is that sort of fear where you're like um, is this escapism or is this taking a leap and betting on myself so it's so it's such a fine line it's such an interesting journey and I know you mentioned intuition I really wanted to touch on that one I have a question about where where and how you think intuition has really assisted your travels Good question. Um, I feel as though for a long time I didn't really acknowledge the power of my own intuition. You know, it is easy to kind of when you're young to go and do, do it and to travel because no doubt travel helps us grow. And of course, like I resonated with you when you were saying about the whole escapism. I mean, the amount of times that people have asked me, what are you running away from? And it had never been that. If anything, it would be running towards. And now it's sort of, you know, I know I'm, I'm running towards, not running, I'm walking towards <laughs> growth and towards, you know, where I feel that I would like to be in this world. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to cross borders, cross arbitrary borders to get there. You know, I can just, know where I want to go and where I want to go is based on my own motivation which most of the time it's to grow and to become and to learn or to unlearn you know so Mm -hmm. I think for a long time intuition was always guiding me but it can be other things it can be self-trust it can be um, a motivation to step outside of our comfort zones you know so it's sort of like how do we get rid of all the noise around us what people say what other people are doing and then just kind of come back to that central source of truth which is okay where am I going and why am I going there and I think that in itself is intuition and then of course there's the other intuition which is around acknowledging our energy and the energies around us and understanding okay what feels safe for me what feels right for me what are my boundaries what you know um He's influencing me at this time. And our whole lives were sort of from such young children, we're sort of taken away from ourselves as individuals and individual truths and sort of put into this collective of like, oh, well, you, this is what everybody else is doing or do this or do that. And so to come sort of back to center, which I think is, is something that, can help us through life if we have the right influences and 
the right guidance can take us to where we ought to be going Mm, absolutely absolutely I feel like the guidance factor is really big too because one there is the personal guidance that exists within us our own well of personal discernment but then there are the 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 original the ogs who just come in from god knows where they just come in at the right time at the right moment with the right knowledge to help expand your awareness of yourself and um there's a lot of mentors that I feel like have come through for me um, to really help me out. And I feel like I'm sure that's the case for you too in just certain areas as well. I guess what is one of the most valuable mentors that you've had and what is one of the most valuable lessons that they've given you? Uh, it's a good question. I have found myself very nurtured by uh, feminine energy. So I think there was oftentimes I've done my story wasn't linear in the sense that one day when I decided to leave my corporate job and I went traveling and you know happy ending it was sort of this <laughs> dance between like happy ending Disney if you're taking my movie you're not making that <laughs> it's not that simple yeah yeah um, but sort of like having this dance between you know, I always like to use the analogy like on the border of like who I once was and who I want to be and sort of not being ready to become her yet. So going back to the safety, you know, whether it's going back to Sydney, going back to a relationship and then going out again and then going back, you know. <clears throat> so I feel like the journey has not necessarily been linear, but in those times where I feel like I am seeking guidance to whether or not hold my hand across that bridge or, you know, inspire me. I have often turned to people that were um, very nurturing sort of feminine figures. So back in 2018, I think I was spending a lot of time with women who are a little bit older than me. I was in a business community, like a business networking community. But, you know, the beautiful thing about aging is that you can, just gather this wisdom like fridge magnets you know and so there is so much that our that people that have walked these paths before can teach us and so I had this beautiful mentor her name is Karen and I met her through one of my other incredible friends Kathy who's also a little bit older than me um, but deeply connected to themselves and especially as a woman I think as we age like we start to get rid of these limiting beliefs and these people pleasing and you know this caring about what others think and we start to shed a lot of self-deprecation and find a lot of self-love so it was nice to kind of have them as my mirror and Mm -hmm. she she got me to do this question exercise when I was sort of feeling about you know where do I go I'm on the border what do I do and ask me really deep questions like what are my values for example um and one of the questions was she said to me this is in my book, actually. She said, um, you're 90 years old. You're looking back at your life. Like, what do you want to feel when you're looking back? Like, how do you want to see the version of you, you know? And it was just really beautiful to be able to kind of firstly step into coming from a space of impermanence, you know, because we think we're limitless and we've got all this time to do all these amazing things. Like, well, 
you know, we're just on borrowed time. So to step out of that and then have a look at yourself from that perspective and look back and say, what do I have want to achieve? Like who did it, who do I want to be? What were my values? Um, what would I be proud of that I've done? Mm. Oh, that's so powerful. And I think that is so important, just the reminder of the impermanence. And I love what you said about collecting collecting them like fridge magnets. I think it's just like beautiful nuances like that that you use in your language that I find entirely engaging and somewhat magical as well. And I, I think that you thread that through your writing really well on, on your website. And honestly, I'm so excited to read your book. Um, your book is, when is your book coming out? Tell us about your book. Thank you. It's It feels so surreal because this is the first time I've, you know, spoken about my book on a public medium and to have somebody ask me the question, when is your book coming out? It's like my whole body is like, oh, this is like a dream come true. It's gonna happen. <laughs> now the manuscript is done. I feel like up until that time, I was sort of, I wasn't on edge, but I was like, is this real? Like even something... I was saying to my friend the other day, you know, I, I just said to myself, like, oh, it's too good to be true. And I had to catch myself because that in itself is also a limiting belief. Yeah. You know, yeah. how could I just say to myself that it's too good to be true? Of course, it's not too good to be true. We all have stories. We could all write books, you know. Yeah. But um, it's it's coming out next year. So the manuscript's done and it will be launched around March. I'm still in the process of the logistics, but, you know, I felt like after all these years of sharing stories and writing on my blog, that this time came at the beginning of the year where I just wanted that to, I wanted those stories to find a place that would be evergreen. And that led me to just make the decision to write this book. And to be honest, it, it was not a hugely challenging process had had I made the time which I did for center to become centered and to allow the words to sort of flow through me because a lot of the elements of the book are in stories that I have already written throughout the blog um of like it's a memoir so their experiences you know so they're coming through but they came through kind of like a puzzle, you know, and they're like, okay, this piece goes there, this piece goes there. And then now it's this culmination of my life over the past. It actually it has a timeline. So it's set from 2014 to 2018. Amazing. And um, I'm so happy that I have written it and I'm so happy to share it with the world. And yeah, it's such a... Um, such a beautiful feeling like like I said we all have incredible stories I mean you can write a story about the last month if you really mm -hmm. wanted to yeah if you step it out enough it out. good <laughs> yeah yeah and I, I love that as well because I think I also truly believe that everybody has the capacity to tell their stories I think not everybody believes that they do but I think we all have the ability to create in such a unique and beautiful way like the way that Bianca creates is not going to be the way that Ness creates or the way that Magda creates or the way that Tallulah creates everything is so intricately beautiful and I think we're all here to just share 
our version of a truth that resonates deeply within our spirit and our soul. And I think part of that is very much, and you mentioned earlier about connecting in with the divine feminine. There is so much about the act of creation that ties into the divine feminine as well, because it truly is like the force in which we flow through the different seasons of our life and then feel worthy enough, whether or not it is to receive or to give that level of sharing the sharing of ourselves and the sharing of our stories as well so I don't know I think it's so powerful I think there is a bit of a resurgence of the divine feminine happening right now in our world and I think that's incredibly powerful too I see it in so many spaces but I guess what is your hope for the divine feminine in the future yeah it's um it's beautiful to see it rising and I think you know for me the hope is just more safe spaces where we feel that we can shine it's no I don't feel it's a fault of our own that we haven't been allowing ourselves to step out I think we've been suppressed we've been oppressed we haven't had the safe spaces to be able to say this is who I am unapologetically and even I mean not to mention like some of the extremely more harsher conditions for people in um places like Iran where women where the feminine has been incredibly oppressed but you know even in Australia even for me growing up as a woman in Australia you know we do have this keep up with the Joneses but there is a lot of passive judgment that seems to simmer inside our societies like and it doesn't only come from societies it sort of comes from ourselves and we are we are molded in a way and so still to step outside of that is uncomfortable and it will require more safe spaces and less judgment and so that's where I feel you know I want to that's what I feel um is the sweet spot to be able to allow the feminine to rise absolutely absolutely I see that I feel that and I I think there's such a such a powerful statement in being able to stand in feminine power, especially in this day and age, and stand in it unapologetically so and proudly and say, you know, despite the fact that my forebearers, my ancestors and the women before me may have experienced, you know, great turmoil and turbulence, the fact that I'm here and the fact that I get to choose is such an incredible privilege one for myself but also for my entire ancestry as well because a lot of this stuff like we're doing work that I think they would be incredibly proud of us for doing um those ancestors that are no longer here with us too so I don't know I feel like it's so immense and the other day I was actually I was doing a little divine feminine meditation moment it was plant medicine assisted I was just laying in the sun and I felt like my eye just connect to every like powerful woman that I know across the globe. And I was just like, ah, we're all like, we're all in it and we're also attuned to it. And we have such beautiful capabilities to be able to reach out to each other. And I I see it happening. I see it happening so much. And it just, it brings me so much joy just to know that like, it's, it's not even something that we have to strive for or work hard for because it's happening, whether or not, we do anything anyway because women everywhere are sort of realizing that the way that things currently are don't actually work with us anymore I think that's yeah part of part of the great magic of what's unfolding right now and I think part of it is it will be messy I think that we have seen that it has been quite messy in the world at the moment and I think 
don't know. I, I would be interested to hear your thoughts about how you see the world as it currently stands in the place of turmoil that it currently is um, and what gems we can glean from the turmoil that's currently happening as well. Yeah, it's, um, it, we are in turmoil. I feel like there, it's a representation of the dark and the light, you know, the, the night and the day. I think that what you mentioned about this collectivism, you know, you don't have to be tapping in or be having ceremony or to sort of, you know, be standing from our vantage point to see that there is collective resonance and that what is happening on one part of the world is affecting what is happening on the other part of the world, you know, and it's a hard place to be because we see, we see suffering and we see, um, we see real dark times and as compassionate beings, that is something that is difficult for us to witness. But I think it's how to come to terms with polarity, you know, how to come to terms with, life and death and and rebirth and life and death and rebirth you know it's to stand from the again vantage point where it's not necessary where you're not experiencing the suffering is difficult but I think that it is time and that you know for whatever reason we we had entered a dark phase of this planet cycle and I feel like we've gone through that I mean imagine what it would have been like to be you and me a thousand years ago hanging out in our like witchy room hoping that nobody knocks on the door yeah (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah I think about that a lot what that someone's going to knock on the door yeah please don't Uh, (laughs) yeah I yeah it's um yeah it's I think we're just at a time where you know we're we're in this I mean if time is actually linear or whatever it is we're here now we have the tools we have to work with Mm. I think to allow the external and the hardships to dim our light or to not believe that we are um allowed to kind of still step forward in light I think that will be a detriment actually I think to just allow ourselves to kind of witness what is going on but still step forward with deep compassion and deep light and to honor ourselves I think that's the best thing that we can do Mm. but um it's uh yeah it's polarity it's it's how to how to consciously come to terms with polarity and maybe those who have experienced death firsthand or who have experienced this firsthand can maybe have a greater understanding of what it feels like you know Mm, absolutely absolutely I think I think a lot of the people that have experienced the depth of the polarity as well and the biggest traumas in our world I think those and the ones that have healed from it I think they're probably our greatest leaders our greatest attributes um and I think at the moment there is sort of a greater understanding that there is 
a lot more that we need to be doing to work through and even just not even work through, but just give ourselves space to actually breathe and be in a space of communion and connection with ourselves. Because at the moment, the way that things currently stand, I feel like we're not really um, more so in the past. We're not really hustling as we as we normally are. Um, and I think that opens up a lot more space, a lot more breathing room for people to understand that there are a few things that lie under the surface that perhaps dictate a reaction or two in certain social situations or familial situations. Um, and I think that's incredibly powerful as well, because ultimately at the end of the day, if everybody does their part and sorts through their own work I th- or play, it could be play. If they sort through their own play, then it leaves such a greater alleviation for the rest of the collective to have to hold as well because everyone's doing their part. And I feel like I say this every time through, like our cleanups through Y Empower as well. Like even if you pick up like two pieces of rubbish, I think it makes a difference. Maybe even to your own consciousness, to understanding that the smallest actions can have the biggest ripples in the world. Um, and sometimes we underestimate how powerful we truly are in those spaces. So, yeah. yeah I, I um, Sorry to interrupt. I just wanted this one thing came to mind. Um, you know, it, as we are, like, if we are a collective, which we are, when, I, like, we have so much influence on the space around us, we don't realise. And I remember actually when when the Ukraine war started, I was uh, looking at ways that I could get involved in activism. And then I came across this one video and I'll remember it so vividly what he, what the man said, he was talking about, he used the specific words, we march inside. Mm. And that was just so powerful to me because I was like, okay, yes, we cannot be there on the front lines, but what we do inside in our own world, in our own hearts what we project out into the world it's affecting everything it affects around us what affects around us what affects around us so like it all starts here Mm. um so i just wanted to share that no that's so powerful we march inside i feel like there's so many gems that are going to be gleaned just from this one conversation like ah my brain is already like i have so many ideas And it's so exciting because I feel like that's what happens when we just connect in these spaces. We just have this immense opportunity to really gather all these different experiences when our universes collide. And it's often like pieces of code that I might be missing or that you might have that I need. And then it's just magic. I feel like it's, it's alchemy of sorts as well. Oh, I have, I have more questions because I, I really want to pick your brain. Um, are we doing today or are we saving we'll save two but i'll ask okay. one i'll ask save one. two ask one okay yeah yeah i feel like it's a good way to sort of cap it all off too um so you're a big traveler and you like to travel lots but i guess my question is how do you stay grounded and how do you practice self-care when you're in a transient state of movement and being good question um you know, I think a lot of people sort of look at my life and they say, you know, how how do you move around so much? How do you, is it, does it get exhausting? But this is, I mean, this is my, my story, right? I think for some other people, I mean, would I want to go and spend six months here and six months there at this point in time? Not necessarily. I'm pretty happy being 
able to be guided by flow. I'm actually in a very intense flow state right now. And that flow state allows me to continue moving on. But I can understand how it may be perceived as ungrounding, being moving from here to there to everywhere. <laughs> I think I've been to, I mean, just full disclosure, I think I went to 16 countries this year, but also I've been in Europe, so it's easier. It's not like I was everywhere. It's still a bad fate. still so cool. Sounds like Especially when you say it like that, you're like, um, I'm 16 countries in 2022. Like... <laughs> I mean, and it, like it certainly wasn't just oh I want to like up my country count like let's just go here there you know it was, it was just it was honestly full flow state I didn't have any plans when I left Australia it was really feeling into what felt right at the time but the grounding I think I'm very I mean protective is not the right word but I'm very conscious of my energy I'm conscious about how I'm feeling who I spend time with what drives my decision process you know if, if I was feeling quite um say lethargic or tired or I was really enjoying staying in one place and a friend reached out and said I have this opportunity let's go here and you know I wouldn't answer that question straight away I would really just sit with myself and you know feel into what is going on around that topic and allow myself to be guided by my feeling rather than any other um influence mm. but I think as well you know I I prioritize things like sleep sleep grounds me man like, <laughs> I, I prioritize sleep so much just being able to have that night in a comfortable bed and wake up and have the morning routine whether or not it's looking out the window with the sun coming on you like you right now I know it's not your morning but drinking a tea um I just think that those like really small things can have a huge um, impact on the way that you feel I feel a bit more grounded these days than what I did in when I first started traveling I think I don't know <laughs> does it come with age does grounding come with age <laughs> possibly yeah I feel like it does I feel like it definitely does because you you grasp a greater understanding of the moments where you feel completely ungrounded and what you do in those situations and then you grasp a better understanding of when you do feel grounded and what you've done to create that too so I, I definitely think it could come better with age as well 100% and maybe also this concept of like radical presence you know I think for me this year has really been about finding my way back to presence not necessarily this year but a lot of my own journey of spiritual growth has been about presence my journey of meditation has been about presence of removing things in my life that don't serve me whether or not it's um, a set of like recreational activities or this FOMO that oh, I have to be doing this 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 like get all that away because mm -hmm. that will impact your presence and then find, allow yourself to be able to be present for most of the day or mm -hmm. most of your life and that itself is grounding as well because mm -hmm. when you're walking with two feet on the ground when you're walking in presence it changes everything around you mm -hmm. um, and then the more present you are the more that you can realize when things come into your life that potentially pull you away from presence and then you can act on the way that you're feeling in that moment.
absolutely absolutely ah that's so good so good honestly I feel like traveling as well teaches you a lot about gratitude and I think radical presence I love that as a term I think that's such an important component towards gratitude as well because when you're present it's also so much easier to notice the things that you have like I did a short little stint of traveling and I had two pairs of shoes with me and I was beaming I was beaming because I had this one pair of shoes that I could wear anywhere and I was just like I'm so grateful for these shoes but when you're at home and you're surrounded by like 50 other pairs like it's it's harder for some reason to be thankful for what you have so I think traveling gives us that innate ability to be able to recognize the blessings when they do come as well and I think that's incredibly something that I think radical presence is a a prerequisite for I would probably say yeah yeah, big time. Yeah, wow. sure. And just living differently and witnessing the way other people live their lives and witnessing how we don't need a lifetime's worth of belongings to get from one day to the next, you know. Mm-hmm. I've been living out of my backpack this year and I just love it. And people always like, how do you travel that light? But <laughs> I've, I think I've got it down to a T. Like, there are a few tricks, like those fold-up jackets that fold into a little thing. They're, they're good. Also, traveling in the summer months is a lot easier to bring the weight down. But, you know, and the more you travel, I mean, trust me, I started, when I started, I had the biggest backpack. I swear it weighed like at least half my body weight and I traveled it around Europe. And then I thought it was a great idea to buy souvenirs in every country. And I had a box of souvenirs like at home collecting dust. So I'm not doing that anymore. But, <laughs> you but, learn. Yeah, you learn yeah. along the way. Like we're so resilient and we're just these little innovators. Like, okay, well, if I take that out, if I move this there, if I have this scarf that also acts as a blanket, it also acts as like a headscarf. And the sarong. <laughs> and the sarong. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's so good. I feel like, uh, yeah, I'm so looking forward to our to our in-person chat because I feel like I'm going to have so many questions. I'm going to like, like gen, what's the word? I'm going to generate? No. For some reason I was going to say not the right word not the right word um ruminate I think is the the correct one we could do another we could do another podcast we could do do a sex positive podcast in the future (laughs) I agree I agree it's necessary it's absolutely necessary um yes because I'm I'm gonna really want to pick your brain before I head out because I'm gonna I'm gonna be heading out I think post January next year is sort of when my my plans of expansion are, are kind of coming into play um so yeah I'll have lots of little bits to pick your brain about about what works what doesn't and yeah I'm so looking forward to it even this chat I'm like it was so um we definitely did not plan to have this session recorded um but I'm definitely so- not I have like my hair in a bun there's a towel there but it still looks okay this this, what is she doing she's coming out look there there we go unplanned the best (laughs) yeah but thank you so much for chatting to me today and we'll definitely set a time for when you're back in Sydney and the jet lag has passed um so we can have a nice little in-person chat for the podcast too 
um maybe over lunch or something could be nice whatever you whatever you feel down down for um but yeah yeah thank you thank you bianca for being a guest i really appreciate it and i'm gonna stop recording now so we can be be ourselves <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>